number two, Darren, Donick, and Chase on this Monday morning. Did you know an estimated 1.2 million people right here in the United States are living with or in remission from a blood cancer? Join us, CSP in the Game Nashville, for Light the Night Walk at Nissan Stadium this Friday, November 1st. Yes, it's going to be November on Friday. You can be a difference in saving a life by being a part of the 2019 Light the Night Walk. For more details, to be a part of the event or to contribute, visit lightthenight.org slash events slash Nashville. Once again, that website, lightthenight.org slash events slash Nashville. Got a couple of slashes there. It's Some a, slashes. It's appropriate. It's Halloween week, right? Yeah. Thursday. Multiple slashes. Predators home game. You Co- think there'll be some slashes? Could, there could be, be a couple slashes, slashes in that yeah. game? Okay. I'll tell you what, Tampa Bay, got to give them credit. They had a good Halloween theme in their arena that night. Maybe laugh a few times. They had some good stuff. Yeah, real quick. Good game presentation. Speaking of hockey, some breaking news out of the Central Division. Ooh. Vladimir Tarasenko will require surgery on his left shoulder and will be reevaluated in five months. Oh, five months. That is the St. Louis wow. Blues tweeting that out. So basically, he's Holy out for the God. year. Yeah. Wow. Well, at least until the well, postseason. End of the year. Yeah. Stretch yeah. run. That's a tough time to come back. Oof. Man, that's a key guy. Okay. All right, Toronto, a guy that we uh, have not talked about yet, but you and I talked about a lot on Friday night. He was actually my player to watch, Rashawn Evans. uh, He's once again just showing why they they spent that pick on him and how important he is for the Tennessee Titans. Led the team in total tackles yesterday in the win. And I know Jeffrey Simmons, he's still a little bit on a a snap count. He's not playing as much, but that's something you brought up on the show that – having Jeffrey Simmons in there is going to help somebody like Rashawn Evans behind him and make him even better. Yeah, 100%. And when Vrabel was asked about Rashawn Evans, uh, I think it was last week, because clearly he's racking up the tackle numbers. And Vrabel kind of put context to the numbers. And he's right, though. If you look at, at every team, they always have that one guy that racks up the numbers, and it's because of scheme. And that's not to take anything away from Rashawn Evans because – that dude triggers like no other, you, you know what I mean? And he shoots gaps and, and does a good job there. But a lot of it is because of now you have Simmons. Daquan Jones does not get enough credit he doesn't. for what I agree. he does. He does all of the ugly work. He two gaps when you need him to. He almost had a had a big a big fella interception yesterday. Um, but <laughs> that was interesting because yeah. it, it was they were I playing hot potato. Guys, seven yeah. guys almost had an interception. Yeah. I mean, so, how many people did that hit? I, I did it probably had, at least six. And what's it, the NFL record on one play? Yeah, because that's pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is. So, but then now you add Simmons to that. Now you have guys who are just occupying everything up front, and Evans could come in and and make the tackles. So he's a viable option there. And again, it goes back to being a sure tackler. And that's what he brings to the table. You made the comparison on Friday night on Chase and TD, and I'll bring this up to this these guys, about that you had Albert Hainsworth doing what he did, and mm-hmm. then behind him you had Keith Bullock. And Keith Bullock was obviously a great player in his own right. Yeah. But those numbers you know, went up with somebody like Albert in front of them. That's what the Titans are going to be looking for with the Jeffrey Simmons, Rashawn Evans, that, that type of combo. Yeah, and here's the thing. Scheme could put you in position to make the plays. But big-time players make big-time plays. And that's really what it comes down to. Evans is a big-time player. So he's going to make big-time plays. 
and even, you know, just your routine plays that absolutely have to be made, he's going to make those more than he won't. So he's a consistent player. And another guy that will, I guess, be forever connected to Rashawn Evans is Harold Landry because they came out in the same draft. Now, you said before the season you're calling double-digit sacks, right? Mm-hmm. Minimum. And minimum. And uh, if I look at the numbers correctly, I mean, he's at he's at five. Five sacks. So he's he's halfway there, th- halfway through the season. I think you have to be feeling pretty good about that. Oh, yeah. And the other thing is sacks, they, they come in bunches for, for these pass rushers. Uh, I talked to him for uh, talking with TD a couple weeks ago after he had a sack, and he said that, well, he, he didn't really – he said that they come in bunches because you, you get in a groove and you feel unstoppable. He stopped short of saying he was unstoppable and feel like he's in that groove. <laughs> be- he's he's just so modest, you yeah. know what I mean? But truth be told, that guy is settling into that groove. And it's interesting because, I mean, he's a pure pass rusher, if you ask me. But they're asking him to drop he's back to the cover sometimes. Moves, like we've talked about, too. Yeah, and I mean, it, it, still his bread and butter is that is that speed off the edge, the speed to power. If he can get that, that spin move or that inside move after he's able to, to win – coming off the edge a couple times he will literally be unstoppable but for now what he brings to the table is he's the team's best pass rusher right now and I mean you can't ask for much more than that from a guy in the second year now you know from doing this show with me now for for a few months that when we started I was very hard on a particular player and that was a Dory Jackson Mm -hmm. and I wanted to see more and I think to this point we have seen more out of a Dory Jackson Mm -hmm. he was missed yesterday Sean Sims, like, I, I know they like that's a, him. That's and, a tough matchup, though, as we talked about. I, wow, was I that understand, tough? but I mean, if you're going to put him in that position, I mean, you got you got to make some plays. It's, man, that matchup though, and to be charged with traveling with an undisputed top five player at his position, that's asking an awful lot. And I will also say this: not all of those catches came. On him, on I know. Byard, Byard got burned on one, and that well, was. He, and was, he didn't he get burned. burned. It was just I, I talked to him after the game. It, it was just a matter of he lost the ball trying to yeah. track it, and he was caught in between two guys because you had the uh, I think it was like a sail route underneath, and he he was kind of caught between two guys. And he wanted to avoid pet, and that's the other thing about Evans. He's so big and so good at positioning. You have to really con- be concerned about fighting with him for the ball and not getting called for P.I. because he just has a way of drawing that. He drew it on Sims early in the game. I, I think, too, I give Dean Pease credit. They adjusted. Adjusting. Exactly. And they made it a lot tougher in the second half. But going back to your original question, I do think there, there should be a little appreciation for oh, yeah. Adoree yeah. Jackson Without because not that – I don't know that he would have shut him down by any stretch, but I think there's a level between him and LaShawn Sims, and that's nothing against LaShawn Sims. I think – He's mm-hmm. a great guy to have in your bullpen. Oh yeah, and the it, to be able to put out he's there, a he is a serviceable player. guy off the bench. That he's a guy that is in a group of players to to what I would still say is a big strength of this team. Their yeah. depth is is pretty good. When they come in off the bench, they don't drop off too much. They have serviceable guys that can help get through. Case in point, the offensive line. They were shuffling the deck a lot mm-hmm. there for for mm-hmm. a little bit. They lost. They were down to five guys. I mean, they didn't have anybody to go to, but there's Dennis Kelly comes in, Jamil Douglas. I mean, that, there's another example of depth getting by, right? They, right. They, they got enough done. Now, the offensive line still got it. They have to keep growing if they're going to get where they want to go, but they, they hung in there. 
Dennis Kelly continues to be one of the best acquisitions that John Robinson great, great has Great utility man. Tremendous utility man. DGB can come. is nowhere to be found, man. Yeah, so no. that was That was a great <laughs> trade. That was a, I'll never forget that. I remember that trade you were covering happened. the Eagles, right? Yeah, and, and we all looked at each other like, we thought really that was going to be something for you. You're like, whoa! This yeah. is this is a fleece job. I'm gonna tell you. I'll tell you when when I, I went sour on DGB man. He had uh, it was against the Colts in the preseason. It was his second game. They threw him a fade, and there was a little corner. Uh, I want to say Nevin Lawson. I forget who the corner was, but like a little five nine dude, and he out muscled him to knock the ball away and I'm just like yo you're <laughs> six five, six six, whatever you are I mean daggone you're almost a foot taller than this dude and you let him knock the ball and I'm not talking about as you bring it down to the tuck I'm talking about going up and getting it that's when I said wait a minute <laughs> there, there might be some reason to him being traded so early when you look at the offensive line three sacks given up yesterday still those numbers are, are- you know, coming down from what we've seen earlier in the year, do you still, and I know you've looked at the numbers and, you know, grades and all that, are you feeling better about the offensive line considering what Willie just brought up, that guys were coming out and Saffold gets hurt? Yeah. You have Taylor Lewan that has to leave a couple times. You should feel good about the offensive line, frankly. And the one sack, was it JPP sack? Mm-hmm. Listen, Shaq Barrett was that was a missed call. Yes, yeah, this dude was, was offside. Lawan said he was offside by yeah. a mile. Yeah, so I, I mean that sack came on that. I, I think the offensive line is doing what they need to do, and that's really all you can ask for. And that's and, a tough defensive line. That's the strength of the the Buccaneer defense. That yeah. off, that defensive line is really really talented. Full of grown men, man. Yeah, and then you Shaq drop Barrett. JPP oh. back in there. Shaq Barrett, Vita Vea. Yeah. Dominican Sue, that's a lot to deal with, man. I mean, I watched. I I walked over to uh, the Bucks tunnel as they were walking off the field for you know for uh, warmups, and Sue and Shaq Barrett and Vita Vea, those guys walked by, and I'm just like, man, I feel tiny, and I don't say that a lot around people, but I I felt very small next to those guys. Kind of a bummer that uh, that everybody in the division also won. Right, I, I and they, it was close. Right, you got the Broncos and the Raiders, who you kind of feel like aren't great teams, and they're they're on the verge of pulling off big wins. And they and the Colts and the Texans both hung in there and won. The Jets even had an early lead on the Jags, and you're thinking, oh, maybe the Jags will stumble here. Not the case. So the Titans still, especially at zero and two in the division, are looking up. You know, the probabilities are still in the favor of the other three teams, even though by games they're still very much in it. That's why I say looking at the last eight games, you gotta go six and two to have yeah. a chance, I think. Yeah. Two games against the Texans. Yes. Without JJ Watt. We'll see what happens there. Whew. You got the Chiefs and Saints. Well, look, this weekend's not gonna be easy either. Go to going to Carolina. We'll see. You know, I'm curious to watch NFL Live this week. I want to see what uh, kind of method Victor Cruz comes up with to stay on that Kyle Allen hill. He swears Allen should be the starter. But is Newton ready to play? That's the only thing. If he's not ready to play, okay, I get it. Because if it's a choice, if you're Dean Pease, who do you hope starts the game? Oh, you, that, that, it, Isn't it a no-brainer? Kyle Allen. 
Mm-hmm. You hope Kyle Allen starts. I, I 100% agree. Yeah, because Unless he, Cam Newton is still a shell of what he has been physically. But even if he is a shell of what he has been, you still always have that threat. And as pass rushers, I, I've seen it, you know, when they're when they're preparing for a guy like Colin Kaepernick or preparing for RG3, when they're preparing for Cam Newton, any of these guys that could just find a crease and take yeah. off. You have to be so much more disciplined in your passing lanes. You can't, in the process of trying to rush the quarterback, run yourself out of the play when he steps up and he rolls. But then also when you have a guy like Cam who is such a threat to run the football, you know what ends up happening. You're limited in what you could do as far as man coverage. You don't want your back to Cam Newton because when he does take off and run, he's already got an advantage because your your back is turned to him. And that's typically what happens in man. They got torched in San Francisco. I guess the 49ers are the real deal. 51 points in their defense is nasty. And something we'll get into. I was going to say, something we're going to get into this week and probably tomorrow when we talk college football with Mitch Light. Um, My guess is college coaches around the country are going, oh boy. Because Nick Bosa shut it down. And that is looking like a pretty good decision. He has been quite the impact for the 49ers. It didn't hurt him in the draft. And I'm sure a lot of coaches are going, Trevor Lawrence, Tua, please don't shut it down. Especially Tua, right? To say, can you, I, didn't, I know he won't, but to come out and say, yeah, I think I'm going to go on and focus on my next career, so I'm going to go on and yeah. shut this puppy down. Didn't hurt Nick Bosa. So it is pretty well, interesting. On that subject, I saw uh, a great little – it was a lead-in to the CBS game, the Auburn-LSU game. They did a thing on the – they call it, what, four, four perspectives or something like that. They were talking about one of the greatest college football games of the last 20 years, maybe the most fun. Boise State's upset of Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl, yep. the great you know, the hook and lateral mm-hmm. and the, the proposal and the Statue of Liberty, all that stuff. Who played <laughs> I was in the, watching that, yeah. Well, who played in the game for Oklahoma? Adrian Peterson. Mm-hmm. Now, if that game is today... Is there any way that Adrian That's Peterson's point, playing? Yeah. Nope. But thank Great goodness he played because that made it the game that it was that yeah. we all remember. Yeah. But it, if you if those guys start not playing, it's going to have a domino effect on the the impact of those games, the well, legacy of those games. It's already right? it, it's already happening. Yeah. But I'm it's saying already, it could get well, that's it what could saying. get worse. It could be a, a big avalanche. Where basically where, every yeah, what major to the college football player that we identify that's what, ready for the next right, level? Do they just watching, all start we're stop shutting watching it down? These games, right? Yeah. In a large, in, to a large degree, yeah. mm-hmm. could be a huge problem, no doubt. We'll come back more with Teron Davenport on the other side of Darren Donick and Chase next. Chase in Toronto Davenport, Friday night, 6-8, to eight, right here on ESPN 102.5 The Game. And talking with TD, podcast. Got a chance I was driving around in a very, very rainy Friday evening. And it was after you guys, and they were playing talking with TD, and you were kind of doing a little film study. Every week, You were talking man. about Ferkser, and you talked to him, and mm-hmm. breaking down some plays with him. So check that out. So you do that every week? Every week there's a player from offense, a player from defense. Every once in a while I get a special teams look in there. We're looking to have Derek Henry and Malcolm Butler this week. Just have to make a few things happen to get number 22, but uh, that's what we're looking to do this week. And, I mean, basically what it is is I go and, and pull a play, put it on my phone, give the phone to the player, and we just talk some shop. 
I want fans to be able to kind of get underneath that face mask and get into the mind of the players and just what they're thinking while they're making a play. Let's uh, let's rewind. I, I had it. It didn't respond. Take two action. Sorry, but it didn't. It didn't. Didn't go. It didn't go. Uh, Toronto. Let's go back to going into the fake field goal because we talked about it when you first started. That was last hour. I know the we got a lot of people maybe tuning in for the second time. Here's something maybe we didn't go over because this was part of Mike Vrabel's thinking. I'm curious. Now that he's had a day to respond, he knows it's going to come up again in the press conference, and we'll have that for you a little later in the show as well. Um, he said, you know, we see things during the week that we think will work. So that triggered for me, they must have felt like in special teams, in the preparation of this game, that they were going to fool them completely. Because when you, when you ask Brett Kern to run the ball, the only way he is going to get a first down is if you completely fool the opposition. So when you draw it up, that's how it's designed. He's not going to run over an NFL tackler, right? right. And you, you don't want him to try to run over an NFL tackler. So I, I'm sure that they were very confident that the look that they got would work. But you know, Well, yeah, and even that's what Taylor LeJuan said after the game. He said they had the look that they wanted. Yes. Or right. otherwise you don't run it, right? It's probably, right. It's probably an option when it, you it, come it was, and it, break the huddle, It was right? a look they wanted, but, you know, sometimes – Players make plays. Like, Devin White is and no that was slouch. That was what he said. You know what I mean? I, I tell you what was funny, though. <laughs> he uh, Taylor LeJuan jokingly said that he thought that Brett Kern was dead after he got <laughs> <it>. <laughs> yeah, Taylor Taylor LeJuan is the funniest, man. I love just kind of like was, just hanging out listening to him talk, man. He's he was feeling trick. himself yesterday. I mean, he's yeah. picking on Chris Harris from Channel 4, saying his sweater looks like he's 80. I mean, he was doing that. <laughs> It was pretty funny. But, yeah, you're right. He did. He said, yeah. he goes, I, I thought, you know, Brett Kern was dead. Well, he is alive. Now, Max, do we have what Brett Kern actually said after the game? Yeah, we, we just called from the sidelines. Um, and I had full, honestly, I had full confidence. I was excited because it, it worked so well in practice and uh, felt good, you know, especially running behind Taylor. And, um, you know, I, I, I was excited, ready to go. We had the look and everything. And I, I was I was chomping at the bit to get it snapped and get going. And then, you know, like I said, that guy came out of nowhere and, you know, about had a meeting with Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Brett Kern went to the upper room with Jesus. See, that that is the problem. We can all laugh about it now, not to quote a movie. We can laugh about it now. Yeah. Right. But he's okay. And they didn't, they made a horrific call and blew the play well, dead. It's, it's a horrific and it call a in the six. hindsight. Right. In the hindsight, it's a horrific call saying, that should have been more horrific because they blew the. But I mean, there was the, a lot of things that could have happened fall. where right. if he's injured today or they get a scoop six, right. it's a totally different tone and today with yes. that. I, I try when I try to make up my mind, is this an awful call? Is to put the result of the play yes, away. before, when it's happening. Right. You first guess and not second guess, Correct. right? And that's so I kept coming back to, you know, you're, a field goal puts you up seven. It doesn't put you up five or six. To me, that's a, that's a big thing. And the other part of it, Teron, is it, it's interesting. This is the human side of it, right? You've got a kicker who is not going to be your kicker in another week, mm-hmm. right? If all goes according to plan, Cody Parkey is going to have his moments as a Titan and he's going to move on. Right, he's done. He's done the job. He By the way, maybe go back to Chicago. They're they're missing field goals again. They missed the last. Yeah, I, don't know. I don't know if they'd welcome him. I don't know if they go. Back. I don't know if yeah, they go a, there. a questionable decision by a head coach in that play. Yeah. Too. Okay. Yeah. So Teron, 
your guy has hit a 51-yarder and a 42-yarder. This is a 46-yarder. Now, what is your thinking if you're the coach about his ability to nail this field goal? Is it, hey, he's feeling good, he's done the job, he's two for two, or I am pressing my luck for him to go three for three? Because you know you don't know him. It's that, if it's Adam Vinatieri and he's been your kicker for five or six. If years, it was Ryan, or Suckup. if it's Ryan Suckup, who has been there since the time you were there, there's no question in my and mind. He's they're two kicking for two. If he's here, I think that's a that's part of the thinking a coach has to have. So I don't know what yeah. he was thinking in that moment. I'd be curious to know how confident are you that Cody Parkey is going to go three for three? It wasn't perfect conditions, right? It's a little wet out there. He's already hit twice. I mean, you know, what, what, I'm just saying, it's not easy to, to make these decisions. You're weighing all this stuff. Or, or are you just basically, hey, this is the NFL. This is the NFL. You got to make a 46 yard. It is just, that you? It just goes back to the emotion, right? The, the Neanderthal and Mike Vrabel just said, <laughs> you know what? My guys are going to club your guys and we're going to get that yard. I think that's really what it boiled down to. Well, they needed two yards. You know, they, they need one yard. Yeah, by the way, that was two that yards. Like if they needed one yard, then I, I think you're better off going for it from scrimmage. And even well, the yeah. analytics people were saying, going fourth and two, you got a decent shot. Me personally, if I'm going for it, like I, I'm, I got 22 back there. Right. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I'm you also have a pretty stout defensive line, as we talked about, and your offensive line is kind of patchwork. Yeah, I mean, th- listen, we could go on and on because you could also <laughs> go play action and. Yep. You, you know, you could do this a lot. Yeah. You could do. You got Adam I, Humphreys. You got a lot of things. I'll say this. I'm glad I don't have to make those decisions. <laughs> well, um, oh, you take the paychecks. Oh, most definitely. Yeah, we all would. But, but I'm right, still glad a, I don't have to make those well, decisions. If I was, but they a, get paid well to make those decisions. I'm happy every every once in a while plucking a gray hair out of my, you know, tell you my what, mustache or whatever. Nice. Mike Vrabel can pay me to make those decisions for him because I feel like I I might do a better job. Well, it's at this just point. you know, like Yikes. like I said before, and if you're just tuning in, I, it just I I don't want to hear today at you know in his press conference. I trust my guys. We're here to win the game. It's like. Dude, everybody, okay, you're, you're the only head coach in the league that's that trusts your guys, and you're the only head coach that's trying to win the game. I mean, right, come I on, agree. come that's, up with something it, that's different. That's a coach, it's a coach speak. It, it's, you know, it's – But I, I, but I think thinks too much like a player. It, it, it's just time. If this is your guy, John Robinson, it's just like when I was screaming for a better backup quarterback for years, and it finally happened, and here we sit with a better backup who's 2-0, and okay, as the starter. Get somebody in there to help him. Get somebody in there on a headset that can tell him in these situations or help walk him through some decisions. Yeah, he, ultimately, he is the head coach. And yes, he's going to make the decision no matter what, but somebody that can give him another perspective. What do you say? Get on the phone. Would you do that, Teron, for I, a good paycheck? I love my job now. So, <laughs> what, about, no. what about moonlighting? Well, I guess you can't really do that, can yeah, you? Yeah, I can't do that. Yeah. There, there's a future in my job. I don't know what the future would be in, in that job. But I tell you, what do you say? Uh, had the Titans get on the phone, call New York, dial that 212 number, and, and talk to them as serious and say, hey, listen, we need the old ball coach, man. Charlie Weiss, how, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Senior buzz oh, cut. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, a guy who perfected oh buyout contracts. <laughs> Right? Is there anybody that had better buyouts? He's still being paid by somebody. Oh, of course. He has to be, right? He has to be. Probably. Right, he, has to, he has to be the happiest guy every week that goes to his mailbox and finds a check in there. It's amazing. I want to throw one more thing out there. You guys mentioned Bruce Arians threw the challenge flag, 
on the on a pass interference that was that was called, right? The odds are overwhelming, and this has been Mike Vrabel's thing of they're not picking up they're not going to pick up the flag once they throw that flag unless it's a complete ghost and there's no contact at all. But I will say this: Anthony Ferkser had a nice, uh, shall we say, embellishment on that one. Oh, that was yeah. Arians's argument on that play. LeBron James like. Yes. Oh wow. I would agree. There's not much contact. That's putting it in perspective. That's a flop right there. This is this the odds, the percentages are what the NFL wants, and that is unless it's ridiculous, they're not going to overturn. But I would say I wonder what that call would will be like in a couple years when you have more. And that's why part of me says if you're Arians or you're any NFL coach, keep throwing those challenge flags and it will change. I don't know if it's better that, better for the game that it changes, but I think you could make a strong argument that that was a that was a bad call. No doubt. Guy, guy, guy's got his hand on a rib cage mm-hmm. for a second. Maybe he shoves him just a hair, but Ferkser sells it, and he and the ref bought it. So you knew the second that Arians threw that challenge flag, there was no chance that the, Mike Pereira is going. Yeah, good luck with that one. It ain't happening. But in reality, that's not pass interference. I know. Well, like I said. Right? Just watch the games, man. It's there every week for you to sit there and shake your head and go, "Wow, that's horrible." But the, if you're if you're not going to actually review, review the play, then why have this whole thing? You know, I guess they're they're keeping it just for the emergency, right? It's to prevent the emergency. But if you're going to have it, well, you know what? No, what you know what they're saving it for. They've put it in their back pocket until the playoffs when the, all the eyes, when the the audience grows. And they can't have another Saints-Rams. That's that's what they're doing. They're putting their back pocket. All right, TD's got to head over to the facility. Tron, thanks as always. We love we talking really with TD. It. Just we want to keep him fun, man. I, I love it. But he's I got places it. to be. You didn't notice the shirt, man. I, I know. I, I did. <laughs> okay. I did. But you I, guys are, are in a t-shirt club. No, I look, Tron has Is it a t-shirt me. of the week I know, club? I know get... his appreciation for, for good gear, so I made sure that I, I wore it this. It started a Sonic. trend with me. I'm serious. Yeah. I, I, these guys know I've got a Bazooka Bubblegum t-shirt now. I've got a Topps Baseball mm-hmm. shirt because you inspired me with the shirts. I've got others that hey, I wouldn't have had. Hey, hey, Chase, young fella, this right here is Sonic the Hedgehog, man. I know. You better check the internet. I know what Sonic. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I used to play Sonic the Hedgehog. I know all about Sonic. Oh, Don't worry, he's a gamer. I was gonna say video games. Yeah, you can usually, you can. Uh, I'm 32, Teron. Like okay. I knew this stuff. He's got a beard. He's 32. Okay. All right. <laughs> hey, good to see you. Thanks for good doing to see this. you guys too. Man. And I like it. the shirt. I do. Thank you. Thank you. All right, we'll come back. More discussion. Don't forget. The, uh, this is what I know. Really good prize attached to it. We'll tell you about that. That's coming up at 11.45. You're listening to Darren, Donick, and Chase, ESPN 102.5 The Game. There we go. Well done. In honor of TD's t-shirt today. Hey, as a part of the Winter Classic week-long celebration, Leonard Skinner will headline an incredible night of classic rock on New Year's Eve at the American Airlines Center in Dallas. New Year's Eve, of course, is December 31st. The band will make its final stop in Dallas as a part of their triumphant farewell tour with special guests the Ullman Betts Band and Asleep at the Wheel. Tickets go on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. Why are we telling you this? Because a lot of you, including us, will be in Dallas 
on New Year's Eve. And tomorrow, a big announcement on more about the Winter Classic celebration. So be listening tomorrow for the big announcement. I want to go to that. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I like Skinner. Seen him a few I, times. But. I could, you know, I just, I don't know if, I just could take it or leave it. Yeah, that's fair. That's okay. That's kind of how I feel. Uh, there was another trade in the, let's pull out the the folder. It's labeled Y. Well, I've already tomorrow told you, is the deadline. The so. Arizona Cardinals. I, I understand. I'm not, but like, I get it. But, but why these teams? The Arizona Cardinals have traded with the Dolphins for Kenyon Drake. Okay. I get it. David Johnson's hurt. Chase Edmonds hurt. Okay, but 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 why? You're the Arizona Cardinals. Here's another one as we pull out the Y folder. The New York Jets have yes. made a trade. According to Adam Schefter of ESPN, the Jets have traded Leonard Williams to the Giants for a third-round pick this year and a fifth in 2021. So Leonard Williams uh, will know where to go on game day. He doesn't have to go very far. doesn't have to hire a moving company. He stays in the city of New York or New Jersey, I should say. Uh, and uh, gets traded to the Giants. I would guess the practice facility is a little different, but it's nice to. I kinda... think that's the only change he has to make. Yeah, Leonard Williams looked great in the Monday night game, the debacle against the uh, the Patriots. He was getting after Tom Brady. He's he's a good player, but I'm with you now. Let's not complain too much because there actually are trades happening at the trade deadline. Imagine that, right? And they're not to contenders. That's why I'm uh, saying yeah. why. Like that's what's interesting is they're not going to contenders. You would think teams would be beefing up the teams that we've all identified as legit teams or teams that are trying to maybe have somebody put – remember the Dallas Cowboys, for example, last year? Because you were like, why? Why would they trade for Amari Cooper? They're not a playoff team. Well, they got red red hot after they traded for Amari Cooper. Remember, they are in a dilemma of they got to re-up Dak Prescott. They got to re-up. Amari Cooper. There's only I so much but money they to got go into around. The playoffs. It changed their season. So you would think it would be those. I mean, the Giants and the Cardinals are going nowhere. I mean, those. Uh, and right. I guess they're right. saying it's one thing if you're trying to get to the playoffs or something. These these two teams are clearly looking at this beyond this year, or else they wouldn't they wouldn't do this. Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, it, I mean, but okay. At least you're making trades. You're right. But there that, used to be no trade no, no, trade deadline. You're, you're right. like, wait a minute, what does it take and to make a trade? Now it's active and it started it's it's like other sports. It started last week or a couple of weeks ago. There were, you know, trades. I mean, obviously the Jalen Ramsey trade I think kicked things off. Mohamed Sanu. Mohamed Sanu was one last week. So um look it's fun for Emmanuel us. Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders. Who caught a touchdown yep. for the 49ers. Yep. So I mean who knows? And but see, that's what you expect. The Patriots get Sanu, right? Right, because they needed a receiver. Because we know uh, Josh, Josh Gordon's, Gordon's out, put on IR, and he's going to be released when he comes back. And the Forty ers I mean, those are mm-hmm. two undefeated teams, and they get Emmanuel Sanders. So I get those. I, I get those trades, but the Giants and the Cardinals. I mean, yeah, and I don't. What are they doing? Like, I don't personally see the Titans doing anything. I don't. I mean, I don't really know what they would do necessarily, but you never know. I mean, they John Robinson could get a call for something that he can't pass up. So who's going to trade next? The Redskins? They're going to trade for somebody? <laughs> I don't Why? know. I mean, hey, at least it's the Redskins, man. You never know. know. At least the Dolphins are doing it right, and they're trading right, stuff. They're, and getting they just draft keep picks. dumping. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Build assets. That's what it, they're doing. It, to me, that's a it doesn't mean it's going to work, but it's. I think it's a sound. Well, it's, sure. it's what the Browns did, and it all looked great on paper, but. 
yeah. paper doesn't you got to draft well. games. But it's also what Jimmy Johnson did back in the day. The Herschel mm-hmm. Walker, you know, they they built assets. They remember how bad they were. They were one in fifteen a couple years before they're contending for Super Bowls, and then had a a mini dynasty. But it's how they built that. Yeah, that's how they, it's built, how they it. built it. Yeah. Do we know. think the Titans do anything? No, no, I don't. Well, I don't John, know what we know. John Robinson has made a lot of trades. He hasn't done a lot of deadline deals. Remember, he made the deal for Gilbert in the preseason. So the only I can't one, rule it out, but I I don't see it. Honestly, the only Correa person is another guy he's done in the past. Correa, but that, that was in the off. You that know, wasn't right at of, the deadline, right? That was in camp, right? Though he's done camp deals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But not really deadline deals. Look, the only person I would consider trading so you could get something for him, I'm not going to trade right now because you still need a backup quarterback. So, I, I just no. I don't, you're trying to win. You can't. Yeah, trade you the can't. You can't trade Mariota. So I, I think not unless you're blown away. Unless you you're be blown away, a guy gives you a first or something like that, which is unrealistic, right? Yeah, and unless he, you know, if there's something he, if there's a player out there that he likes that he needs, then okay, then you can trade a draft pick and and try and get that. But I don't. I don't really know where that would be unless it's an offensive lineman, but the offensive line's been a little better. I think depends on what the case is with Saffold. Then you might have to to think about. Some well, it looks stuff. it's concussion is what he's got. Yeah. So how long? That's the question. Is how long is he in the he protocol? Will be, he will be in the protocol, and you hope that it's sooner than later that you got him back in there. But I think if there's an area that you might look for a trade, it might be the offensive line, right? Right. So. Also, I'm curious what they think of Davis, Nate Davis, after a couple weeks here. You know, he's gone through the ringer. He's gotten thrown in there. Then he got hurt, comes back this week, got through the game against a really tough defensive line. He whiffed on one. He got beat pretty bad on a, on one of the sacks. Um, but do they think he's getting better? Do they think he's going to stick and hold his mud as he plays more? That's a, That's a major part of the evaluation here. We are going to have Doobie Brothers tickets at the Ryman Auditorium. That's on November 18th. That's what's at stake for This Is What I Know. It is Twick time. It's very easy. You just tell us what you know. 737-1025-615-737-1025. We do that next to close out hour number two of Darren, Donnie, and Chase. Some things you just know. I have to know. Do you think everybody knows? When you know, you just know. It's time to set the record straight. Join the fun on This Is What I Know with Darren, Donnick, and Chase. All right, tell us what you know. It's Twick time, 615 737 1025, a pair of tickets to see the Doobie Brothers at the Ryman Auditorium. That's on November 18th. But you have to get involved. Just keep it clean. You can take it however you want. Open canvas. Like, for example, this is what I know. Paper doesn't win you football games. The Cleveland Browns were crowned. Okay, They were crowned champions in the offseason. The sports books, Vegas, Loved them. Loved them. And a lot of people bought into the hype. They bought stock in the Browns hype. And when you watch this Browns team, they're not very good. Let me tell you something. For all the stuff we question Mike Vrabel here, 
How would you like to be in Cleveland and Freddie Kitchens? You talking about a guy that's in over his head? And we've talked about it a bunch. I mean, Tim Hasselback has been Isn't that very what we thought. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. I mean, we we've been very consistent, like questioning, like is Freddie Kitchens the right guy to lead this team of very talented players? And so, I don't know if you guys saw the play yesterday against the Patriots. They have a fourth and eleven play. He didn't want to call a timeout, and so they took a delay a game to go for fourth and sixteen, not to burn a timeout. <laughs> Stupid. I mean, just That's think about dumb. That. And so I mean, it's just they're just bad. And Baker Mayfield, wow. We always tell you, right? Don't get too excited about a small sample in the NFL because these coaches are pretty smart. They watch a lot of film on you and they figure you out and they look at your tendencies. He is a turnover. I mean, Jameis Winston for all of his, he's a turnover machine. Baker Mayfield is the is the Jameis Winston in year two turnover machine. Baker Mayfield has not been very good. The Browns have not been very good. The Browns are not getting crowned for anything this year other than a high draft pick. That's what I know. Good point. Good point. This is what I know. Matt Millen is really struggling to read the Titans' numbers <laughs> at least three times when he was trying to do a replay. And I enjoyed Matt Millen yesterday on the broadcast. But he said, where is he? I can't read the numbers. <laughs> so the <laughs> Titans' uniforms, yeah, I like them, but the numbers are very hard to read. I, I grant him well, that. Well, they made them bolder on the light blue, but I guess they didn't on the other ones. Yeah. So maybe they need to look at that. Uh, and here's the other one. This is what I know. That was an awesome catch by the Titans cheerleader <laughs> hanging on to the pom-poms and catching the Brett Kern punt clean late in the game. Big salute to that girl. And, and Matt Millen gave her props. She'll like, be signed by this afternoon. <laughs> exactly, that's what, exactly what he said. It's like, maybe they need to take a look at her in the tryouts. That good was hands. good. Great catch. This is what I know. It's a good one. That's a very that good was one. impressive. That was a great. Kept the pom-poms. Yeah. Did not discard the pom-pom she treated the pom-poms like beer like oh about that guy huh who took the home run in the gut right in the gut what is he thinking well he's thinking he's got a beer in each hand that's what he's thinking (laughs) double fisted that was dropping these things that was hilarious this is about 25 dollars in beer yeah yeah. i'm not dropping them that's what he's thinking you gotta catch that ball come on make a play what are you talking about? Well, the cheerleader hung out of the pom-poms and still yeah, made the, the play. You know what he's thinking? Pom-pom. He's thinking precious cargo. That's what he's thinking. Put it under your <laughs> armpit, reach up with the bare hand, and make the catch, and then you'd be a legend. Oh, well. All right. This is what I know. I just tweeted this picture out. Thank you to Teron Davenport for getting the picture. So we go at the Titans win. I you know stay for the press conferences, listen to Mike Vrabel, and – they're bringing in Ryan Tannehill to do his press conference right after uh, Coach Mike Rabel. Tannehill walks in, still got the uniform on. You know, we do the little dance with the recorders where we put them on the podium. And I, I just left mine up there from from Vrabel. So I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm tweeting out something about to take a picture. And next thing I know, Ryan Tannehill does this. How's it going? Whose guy is this? I hope this has some special powers. Yeah, it looks like it. That is Ryan Tannehill holding up my recorder because it was the biggest one on the podium. 
and and he thought that I don't know he he was infatuated by it. And then you hear the rest of the media laughing. Buck Rising says, you know, it might be putting off some radiation or, or something like that. But Tehran got the perfect picture of him holding it up right before his press conference. And then luckily nice. it was running. So It does got look that. like it could laser zap somebody. It looks well, like a taser. So I go through airport security one time, and they, they hassled me about this thing. They're like, what is this? I'm like, it's a recorder like what do you mean a recorder i'm like you know your voice like oh, you like you hit record and then you, you talk in it for sound like well why do you have one of those i'm like i work in radio which you don't know that so i'm telling you but i work in radio so i i need it for well why do you have it with you i'm like because because i just came from work like i'm going to it why are you it's a recorder well it looks like a weapon like it's not like, <laughs> i mean you could hit somebody really? in the head I'm with not it surprised but. he said that but he really said it looks like a weapon. Yeah. And they're like dusting like, it. It I'm looks like, like a weapon in a sci-fi movie. I don't think yeah, it looks like a weapon. In the- I'm like, it says record right there. That means that doesn't mean taste. You, you press that and then see what you do is then you talk in it. It but records I, you. But I thought it was really funny that Ryan Tannehill wow. starts his press conference. That's pretty good. That's good. All right. Now it's time for you to get involved. 615-737-1025. Just tell us what you know. It's very, very simple. Adam. Get us started. What do you know? I just want to know, man. There is no way that your regular Curtis had a good Sunday. Oh. No way. Oh. Because either, either, number one, he flakes out of work and he goes to that four turnover game by Jameis Winston, or he's stuck in Boston and regretting that he didn't go to the four turnover game. So, either way, I'm going to say this is what I know. That dude had a bad Sunday. Do we think Curtis made it? Because we've not heard from him. So, I don't I know a, what the – He said he was going to call in and let us he know. Did. So, we do need we, an update. Do we think he was at the game or do we think he had to travel? I think he had to travel. I that's guarantee I you that dude had to go, man. There's yeah. no way he didn't go. Yeah. That's probably why we haven't heard from him. He's probably traveling back and still depressed. That's right. That's a good point, Adam. Thank you. Hey, buddy. That's right. Curtis informed us on Friday that – work calls and that he may have to miss. I mean this is this was his week. It was it was Curtis week as our resident Bucks fan on the show. I feel I would feel bad for him, but I think he got himself in that mess too. He wanted a like he kind of volunteered for it and then he realized like what week it was. I was really looking yeah. forward to the tirade about the missed call though. Yeah. Can you imagine in Tampa today the whole show is going to be about officiating? Right? Probably. A, a bulk of it, for sure. Yeah. That's why I said, you know, you, it's going to go against the Titans, but you have to remember that they've also been fortunate. I mean, it's just, this is just the league has been bad this year. It's been bad. I, I just keep encouraging people, watch other games. It's there. It's not just in Titans games. It's there. It's, the officiating has been horrible. Just go around the league and watch the games every Sunday or Monday or Sunday night. I mean, Thursday, whatever. Watch them. It's not good. Let's go to Doug. Doug, you're up next. Hey, guys, you said to take it anywhere you want to. Sure. This is what I know. We all go through the drive-thru, and if you have multiple orders, there's a 98% chance that something's going to be wrong. You have to drive all the way back around and get your order right, or either suck it up and take it just how they gave it to you. You have to check, right? You have to check. I went inside and, and ordered my multiple orders, and guess what? They got it wrong, but at least they got it right right there in front of me, and I got on my way. I didn't have to go all the way back through the drive-thru. That's what I know. Go inside. They'll get it wrong. 
but they'll get it right real quick. So that was a, a helpful tip there by Doug, and that's a good point. Look, if well, you I, go I see to remember uh, Lethal Weapon too, Joe Pesci. Yes, they will do Leo, things Leo to you. Leo gets. They will do things to you in the drive-thru. It, it honestly is one of the funniest. It, every time I go through the drive-thru, I cannot do that without thinking about Lethal Weapon 2. Check Joe your Pesci. bag, man. Check it. Make sure it's right. You got to make sure the order's right. You do have to check it. You can't just drive off and wherever you're going, then check. You especially, can't do that. Especially if you're the only non-vegetarian in the family. Yeah. Because the minute there is a... A non-vegetarian in a vegetarian's meal, it's over. The day is ruined. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to double check. Sounds like a, a personal experience there, Willie. Oh, I've been there. You've learned the hard way? I've been there, gentlemen. Oh, have I, <laughs> I ever been say, there? That didn't sound like that was just a helpful hint. That was sound oh, yeah. like oh, yeah. something that you've been through. Yeah. Well, believe me, Joe Pesci's talking to me. Leo Getz. Uh-huh. What was, what was your response to that? Well, here's, here's where on, the pressure on. I mean, clearly they've messed it up, but when asked, what well, did you bother, Will, <laughs> to check the order, what was your response? This is when you're, the pressure's on, is when you are the guy just on the mission to go out and get everybody's food, right? If they're in the car, then part of that's on them to say, well, you check to make sure it's a vegetarian sandwich or whatever. But if I'm the guy, then it's up to me. i got to check every sandwich. Vegemite except sandwich. For <laughs> Vegemite sandwich from down under. Ryan. Hey, what guys. do you know? Uh, what I know is that Tennessee still has a chance to win the SEC championship. So you're, you're saying there's, there's a chance. chance. There's another yeah, movie there's quote of the chance. day. Some Six pre- games have to go our way, and we got to win out, but there's a chance. That was an impressive win. No doubt about it. Thank you, Ryan. All right. Thank you. I mean, that was dominating South Carolina. It's interesting how things can change in a couple weeks, right? Uh, Isn't it? At yeah. least for the time being. Now, they can change back. But By the way. How about I don't Missouri? hear a whole lot of people going, oh, my oh. goodness. Talk about your season taking a 180 Whoa. in two weeks. Yeah, what are they saying in Columbia right now? Wow. Fire what Barry is, Odom. What has happened to that team? Oof. You're going the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't it, it's an annual thing in the SEC, a freak out. One. Somebody is freaking out at this stage of the season. Everywhere in the SEC, somebody, yeah. usually two or three programs at least. One more. Dennis, what do you know? Hey, man, uh, I was listening to the ball game yesterday, and Mike Keith and those guys were on there, and they said that that umpire uh, had already been suspended twice this year for getting into it with the players. You talking about the official? Yeah. uh Uh-huh. Really? Yeah. 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 I heard heard part of the broadcast. Dave McGinnis pointed out that it was a very inexperienced crew. Yeah. That the reputation coming in was a big – definitely a big – underlying thing that both teams were aware of what these guys right. you never know what's yeah. going to happen in a game wow. like this so Y'all oh need to boy go, go back and check that i couldn't believe it okay either. he said it several times that you know that the umpire had been suspended i couldn't even yeah. believe well, it it's even not even in the game well that's that's only a part of it it's also that they had blown a lot of calls like i i, I think they had a very low grade amongst the coaches like these guys hmm. they're shaky they said, they're, they're they inexperienced said, they're shaky uh, they said that they average 19 penalties a game that wow. wow. Dennis, good you stuff. Gotta, Thank you. You got to check that guy out, man. Okay. okay. That was, we will. So that's where it's interesting. Different broadcasts emphasize different things. Like the, the I, when I watched the television broadcast, there was no mention of the officiating crew, nope. the, the, the tendencies of the crew, nothing. Yep. They also didn't make a big deal about the fact that 
Kern fumbled. You know, they they kind of mentioned it in passing, but they weren't like that is that is a game changing play that they missed. They didn't. Which, they didn't do that. They showed Arians going crazy. Yeah. Well, they showed the ball come out. The ball clearly comes out, and they yeah. said that. But it's like, man, that could have been huge for the for the Buccaneers. Well, Ryan, the caller, set up uh, our, a nice segue. We will head east. We go to Knoxville at this time. Every Monday, we'll bring in Vince Ferrara from the Sports Animal in Knoxville next.